This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to Road School Moms Radio, where education meets adventure. Your hosts, Kimberly Travaglino of Full-Time Families and Mary Beth Goff, the road trip teacher, will share advice, information, and encouragement to bring your road schooling efforts to new levels. Good evening. It's Kimberly Travaglino, full-time road schooling mom to four kiddos and co-founder at FullTimeFamilies.com, the resource for your family's full-time RV needs and much more. I'm coming to you this Sunday night from the location of our Halloween hangout in Williamsburg, Virginia. The weather uh, went from balmy in the middle of the week to uh, downright chilly and a nice nap of fall later this week, and uh, we're looking forward to kicking off our event this Thursday, but families have been arriving for the last couple of weeks, so it's been uh, great fun, and um, tonight, uh, I'll go into a little bit what we talked about and what we did tonight in a few minutes, but um, I believe, uh, Mary Beth, are you on the line? She's not here yet. Um, I'm here. I will tell you, oh, there you are. I can. Um, I have. Thank you. I have no hardly internet connection. I'm driving so I can talk with you. <laughs> I know. The farther what I like. go, the better. I know. The farther I come, I can tell the better you sound. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> where in the world are you, Mary Beth, tonight? Well, where in the world am I? I'm still in central, south central Indiana. I guess it is wrapping up my. Last day at the Covered Bridge Festival up here where my family owns that restaurant. Mm. And I kind of got a little sidetracked up here. Can you imagine that? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Have spent our week, our road school week was spent at the restaurant. All kinds of life skills there, counting chains, waiting on customers. So it was actually a pretty easy road school week for me, to be honest. But we are wrapping our, uh, this is our last day up here, so we're wrapping that all up and can't wait to see what their week brings. Lovely. Well, we had a uh, very fun week, too. There's a whole bunch of families in this campground getting ready for the Halloween hangout. So the kids have been playing all sorts of made-up games uh, all hours. Uh, a lot of us do schoolwork in the morning and then send the kids out right after lunch and uh, they just play and play and play. And this uh, campground hosted trick-or-treating this weekend. So we got our first taste of uh, trick-or-treating goodies. And the kids were able to have, like, a dress rehearsal, so to speak, in their costumes. And um, I don't remember what it is yesterday. Oh, I ran errands yesterday. But today was so fun. A bunch of uh, moms, eight, eight ladies, uh, t- um, actually went to do an escape room. If you remember last year, I did an escape room with some road school moms when I was in this area, and so we looked up and found another group on, and eight of us went tonight and uh, did an escape room challenge right here in Colonial Williamsburg. It was so fun. We just had an absolute blast. I'm happy to to report that we saved the world from another sappy sequel. That was our job at this escape room, and we were successful in, I think, 47 minutes flat or something like that. And uh, then we went out to dinner. And so I've had a, a lovely evening here in Williamsburg. I'm looking forward to even more fun as more and more families pull in every day this week. Are you guys all ready for a Halloween? 
Well, you know, our plans are up in the air. Shocking, I know. But I we had really planned on leaving here by the middle of last week. So that we would have been back in Florida by Halloween. And now that's the big question up here because my kiddos, they don't, they want to be where, you know, we had plans with um, another FTA family in Florida uh, for Halloween. And now I'm not for sure that we're going to make it there. So they don't, they're, that's, that's the big question. Where are we going to be for Halloween? We don't want to be on the road where we don't know someone. So I'm not for sure what our Halloween plans entail. All I know is that I have our costumes coming in the next 24 hours because I want them to be with us and not worrying about where they're going to be on the road. Because that was also Ooh. another uh, last-minute thing. You know, we have a we like to do the group Halloween thing, and so this year we were all in a big uproar because nobody could agree. And so I finally made the decision. So. And pray tell, what are you going to be? Uh, the Flintstones. Oh, much to fun. my much to my older boys. Uh, that that wasn't their thing this year, but you know, I don't really ask for a lot. You know, I mean, I maybe I do, but really, I don't. I don't get wound up a lot of things. I think you should put up the pictures from your previous Halloween on Rose School Mom's Facebook group and let the Rose School Moms decide if you ask a lot or not. Because well, well, wait a minute, because I let me finish. Because my point is, this is my point. I don't ask for a lot. Except for some things, and one of them is Halloween. Like, Halloween's my thing. Oh. We've always done the group thing. And, yeah, I like – Halloween is a big, you know, okay, so maybe I go a little bit overboard for Halloween, whatever. <laughs> you know how I am, like, Halloween's a big thing, taking pictures is a big thing. I have some things on my list. Just get along with me on those few things, and I'm right. I'm fine the rest of the year. Halloween is one of them. And we are, they, they wanted to be the Blues Brothers. I'm like, what? You're so not being the Blues Brothers. No, that's not a good group costume. Too no, it well. isn't at all. It's not at all. But then we contemplated doing Dr. Seuss, which I have to say really kind of uh, piqued my interest. But then we had this whole thing over the Lorax, and then the Laura, I don't know. It was You know, I'm not Susie Sower. If I was somewhere by you or Clementine Back or somebody that had the sewing thing going on, then we might have done the Lorax and Friends, but it wasn't to be this year. Yeah, we've never ever done the group thing. Um, Halloween's not really my thing. I could take it or leave it. Uh, Chris actually took the two littler kids shopping uh, for costumes, and so um, no one should be surprised that DJ, seven-year-old, six-year-old, I don't remember how old he is, six, I think, (laughs) is one of those gruesome Grim Reapers from Scream with uh, the blood mask. It's fun blood, so don't worry. It actually says on the packaging, comes with fun blood as opposed to, you know, gross blood or anything disgusting. Um, So there's that going on. And then Tonya, thank God for her, she picked something adorable. She's a peacock, just so incredibly cute. And then the two other boys are some sort of scary butcher people. I don't know. You can see my pictures on uh, Facebook at Roadsville Moms Group of uh, what they look like, and and they got quite the haul with the candy. This um, this campground does Halloween really well. In fact, they have like a haunted walkthrough um, that a bunch of us went in last night. I was I I was scared senseless, um, uh, and so but lots and lots of candy they brought home. It always raises a question for me because I'm like the I'm like the anti fun mom really I mean I could say I'm anti candy and I'm anti this and this and that but all in all I'm pretty much anti anything fun 
for them. And uh, yeah. when they come home with, like, 10 pounds of candy each, I'm just totally grossed out and want to throw it all away. What do you do with all your candy, Mary Beth? Well, you know, usually we, I let, I let it, I let them put it all together and we go through it, you know, and look for the normal stuff, you know, that you make sure it's okay. And then I usually leave it out for a couple of days and then, honest to God, I think, I mean, really, I think I just throw it away. At one point we had a dentist that, oh, you could turn it in and they done something with it. I can't, it was actually kind of a cool thing. I can't remember. They collected it all and then they sent it. It had to do with the military. I don't remember, but it was a cool thing, whatever they did. But that was when we were back in Bloomington and so now I just keep it and for a couple of days and when the new wears off, I always persuade them by telling them, oh, it's time to get all all the Halloween stuff down and let's get rid of this candy and we'll put out the Thanksgiving stuff. That's kind of how I get them excited about that. Oh, I wish that would work in here. No, they've got all their Ziploc bags with their names on it, and it's a very hot commodity. There was a great amount of trading that went on yesterday. That was really cute um, with all the different families that were here. The kids were out, and they dumped all their candy out, and they did a whole bunch of trading. That was fun to watch. And then now uh, they can eat one piece a day until, you know, with the amount of candy that we have just from today, and we're going trick-or-treating two more times, mind you, but just from today it'll be like 2022 before we're done with all this candy at one a day. So it should be interesting. Maybe I'll figure out if I can turn it into money for them and buy it from them. Ooh, there's a thought. That's a really good thought. That's a hot, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what I'll do. Oh, but I do. I really do hate having this much candy in the house. It just totally grosses me out. And plus, I'm I'm like with my hand in the candy bowl all day long too. As I walk by, oh, I'll just eat one of those. I'll just eat two of those. Hmm. Not well, good. you know, it's funny because most of us like the same thing. It would be so much easier if everybody liked different things. But you know, we fight over the same things. Oh, who ate all the Snickers? Oh, who ate all the this or the that? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, this year I bought candy that I like to hand out Uh, Mm -hmm. because usually I buy that junk candy in the bag that, you know, comes with the suckers and everything. And I thought, you know what, I don't like that. I'm going to buy candy I like. And uh, I can't say that that was even a wise decision on my part. I probably should have bought the stuff I don't like so I wouldn't be eating it. But nonetheless. Well, you know, the worst thing is, right, especially, like, I don't know where you keep your candy, but for me, I have to keep it where the dog can't get to it and this, that, and the other, and so it's in this certain drawer. Well, that drawer has a sound, and so, you know, anytime anybody opens that drawer, they're like, hey, what are you doing? You know, but then I pitch myself (laughs) in the middle of the night, like when everybody's asleep, I'm like, ooh, I know there's some Snickers left in there. But invariably, somebody, you know, to wake somebody up or somebody will say, hey, what are you doing in there, Mom? I think I'm checking to make sure the candy is still in the drawer where it's supposed to be. <laughs> Just checking. So cute. Yeah. Oh, well, on tonight's show, um, I'm really excited because I have um, a very good friend of mine and the designer behind all the recent logos you've seen uh, Full-Time Families pu- putting out. It's Brandon Heath Cave, and um, he is the designer at Healy Studios. And he is on tonight to talk about making your business look good, Um, which, you know, might be a point that you overlook as a small business owner. Both Mary Beth and I have very graphic, intense businesses. I I think that predominantly businesses 
that have uh, web presences are graphic intense because it's it's so important to catch people's attention with your graphics. And so um, I was talking to him one day about you know why graphic design is uh, costs as much as it does and what that means and um, he really educated me on it, and I thought, gosh, this is information that all small business owners, potentially bloggers, need to know about because this is important information. And, and uh, having a good graphics designer in your corner is a great cornerstone for your business. So without further ado, I will bring on Brandon. Brandon, welcome to Road School Moms. Hey, Kimberly. Thanks for having me. Hey, Brandon. And Mary Beth. Hi, Mary Beth. Uh, well, we're really excited you're on the line with us tonight. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us how you fit into our road school community? Yeah, so my uh, my wife and I, about a year and a half ago, it was actually um, early July uh, of last of 2015, um, launched uh, from the Dallas area, uh, and we actually did it maybe a little differently than most Um we uh, we kind of got to a point where we realized that we didn't have to be stuck in this house. Uh, we were working remotely uh, for for most of our stuff, um, and it just kind of dawned on us one day, like, hey, why are we here? Why are we here? Um, it was always kind of a, a dream of ours, I guess. Uh, like like a lot of people, like, hey, one day we'll retire when the kids are out of the house, and we'll buy an RV and we'll travel, and you know, we'll do all that stuff. And then it just kind of hit us, like, we can do that now, actually. Um, and this was actually before we'd ever found uh, full-time families uh, and had just thought we were probably the only crazy ones with this idea. Um, and then shortly after, we started doing more research and found out we're not the only ones out there um, that are living this way. So um, we made the jump. We actually made the decision um, from decision to, like, sell the house and all the things to uh, in the RV um, was about six weeks. So. It happened very quickly um, for us, and we've been uh, traveling ever since. Um, we know we're not like super fast travelers. We actually call ourselves slow travelers, um, and don't mind even revisiting some places and you know getting out and visiting family of family in different pockets of uh, the nation. So um, and friends. So we'll get out and just just go out and spend some time with them and, and see sites and do things in between, you know, doing those things. And that's kind of what we've done over the last year, year and a half or so. Wow, six weeks. That was a fast track for sure. So did you, <laughs> were you in the business of graphic design before you started traveling or is that something that you kind of focused on after you got on the road? No, it was, um, I, we've been doing graphics and photography for, about eight, nine, eight or nine years um, before that, uh, and you know, it was always it was kind of just like a side thing that we did for a long time. I worked in ministry um, for about nine years and uh, did a lot of like marketing stuff with the ministry um, and sort of self-taught on the like the graphics and and all those things um, during that time. Is just when you when you work in ministry, you wear a lot of hats and. Um, because I was the guy that was most comfortable with the computer that kind of always got pushed toward me. Um, so I picked up a lot just through that and then started doing some stuff on uh, on the side for different, you know, referrals that we picked up, you know, through um, different word of mouth things and uh, started doing a lot of stuff for different churches um, and had picked up uh, a handful of church clients that we were helping out, um, you know, on a weekly basis. And it just grew into, okay, I think we can, 
you know, actually take this full time. Uh, and then, like I said, started doing that for about a year or so. And then it, it just came to us like, yeah, we can do this. You know, Britt, my wife, um, does, uh, she's a photographer. She does mostly, you know, family, uh, portraits, children, you know, uh, newborns, things like that. Um, so we also, as we travel, we kind of schedule shoots ahead of us. Um, and line those up so that when she lands in a in a city, we've got you know a handful of uh, photography shoots uh, for her along the way as well. So, well, I love that. Um, uh, Mayor Beth, you know that uh, Brandon's been behind the Colonial Times Rally um, logo, the um, the new one for the family reunion logo and uh, one day we were sitting down talking about um, logo creation and um, you Brandon mentioned the why it's so important to work with a professional designer to get your logo created because across all the applications you want it to work so can you can you um, kind of reiterate what you were explaining to me way back when about this cornerstone of your business, this digital image of your business, and why it's so important to work with someone who can make it look good. Yeah, absolutely. So there, I mean, obviously there's a ton of, you know, designers out there, great designers, uh, and there's a lot of uh, common practices um, when it comes to, you know, logo design specifically um, and creating that, you know, that identity um, for your company, your small business, your, you know, your blog, whatever it may be. Um, and you know some of those are, are, are come down to a lot of just simplicity and um in a lot of cases uh young designers um designers who are just kind of learning uh logo design and those things will um over design as I like to call it um like some of some of the basics of you know like logo design is you know just simplicity um you know in things that are just make a very simple mark um and can be broken down very easily into something that's like one color. Um in fact when I start designing uh like a corporate logo, I start in black and white. Um and what that does is it forces me to think um concept and shape over, you know, color and effects and any of that, you know, kind of stuff. Um so between black and white and then choosing the right topography, um topography meaning you know, the font choices and the way that uh, letters interact with each other, things like that. Um, so simplicity in that. Um, and then just thinking about, you know, making a logo also look memorable um, without overdoing it, so keeping it simple. Um, but then also thinking about the the timelessness, and I don't think that's really a word, but it is in my world. Um, you know, the timelessness of a piece not being too too trendy with how you – um do you know different because a, a lot of uh logos are like I said overdone and over affected um so a lot of different crazy effects i i like to leave like trendy like trends to the fashion industry <laughs> because you i mean those things can change and change quickly your your logo you don't want it uh, a year from now or two years from now to be something that um uh, is is no longer applicable per se um and then the, the last thing and, and one of the most important things is versatility um you know in in that logo because if if the logo uh 
was designed and it works on letterhead um, but you couldn't use it you know the size of a postage stamp um, because it's over overdone um, that's a problem um, it should like any logo the litmus test for me is can I can I size it down to the size of a postage stamp and still be able to read it recognize it um, and if I had to put it on a on the back of a t-shirt in one color um, does it work do I, do I still recognize it um, and then you know can I scale it up to the size of a billboard um, and it's not overblown um, you know the words don't the uh, the type doesn't you know take over the mark those kinds of things so um that's that's some of the you know the litmus tests that i kind of go through and if i were to add one i mean obviously you know this is, is it appropriate for your target market um you know and that, that doesn't particularly mean taking every facet of your business and trying to shove it into your logo um which is something that happens a lot uh and I think it's important to to think about um, some of the biggest like the Harley Davidson logo it doesn't have a motorcycle in it, um, but we all know it um, and we all recognize it because of the the iconic shapes to it um, and the brilliance behind it. So it's it's important to not try to shove everything into your logo, and that's that's part of the difference between designing logos and branding your business. And branding is a is a whole different topic that we can get at if you want. Um, but branding is is a complete other element um, to the identity of your company. The logo is more of, you know, this is the mark that we use for people to recognize our company. Um, and branding comes down to more of the the emotion, the you know, the way people feel about your company, the way you make them feel about your company, the way you go about certain marketing. Um, those kinds of things. Well, Brandon, what well, do you say to someone? Yeah, I think that was very, very, <laughs> a very good explanation. Um, what do you say to someone that is maybe just launching their business, or they've had some ideas, and they've, you know, they kind of started down the path of of their own business, you know, a blogger or not? Um, and they think, well, they don't have a lot of money at the beginning, you know, because that's, you know, that's usually the budget thing where, you know, at the very beginning, you don't know where to spend your money. And I know that I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm going to, you know, get this launched off the ground and then I'll go back and, you know, put some more money into the graphic design later. I can't really afford to do that. What do you say to someone that thinks that later, later on they can go back and maybe do it a little better once they get their business off the ground? Well, that, that kind of comes back to branding, um, and I think, you know, once you're sitting down and saying, this is this is my company, this is what we're going to do, I would sit down and think um, think through all the things that and all the ways that you're going to represent your company, um, and everything from, you know, colors that you're going to use, um, the way that you're going to write your content, um, and, and I, you know, I mean that by thing is it a quirky style is it a serious style is it you know conversational is you know how are you going to present your content um you know your photography uh you know all those things um there's a there's a lot of different things to think through on the branding side of things and i think it's important to know that um up front before you really get 
uh, going too far because your company can take off and because you, you didn't set um, those sort of parameters for the way that you wanted things to function um, and take off, you're, you're quickly going to lose sight of, you know, your, of your company, uh, its presentation. Um, and I think I, I would say it's important to sit down with someone um, if that means sitting down with, you know, a, a younger designer and working with them, but, but know some of your own principles um, and, and lay down some of those expectations um, in the design. So, you, I mean, with, when you're starting with a, a tighter budget, it's going to be important for you to, to do your own research because um, usually if you're starting with a tighter budget, you have more time. Um, so it's important for you to sit down and, and know what you want, maybe do your own research on, you know, logo design, color theory, um, branding, and, you know, have some of that stuff laid out because uh, that way you can direct someone else and save them time and save you money. I think those are some really good points, especially for people starting out. How about people who are um, currently living a traditional lifestyle as a graphic designer and thinking that they want to go on the road? You mentioned specifically that your wife, Britt, um, has, like, appointments set up in her travels. What kind of information and advice would you give to someone um, looking to transition from a traditional lifestyle to a mobile lifestyle as a graphic designer and or photographer? Good question. I actually just had someone ask me that the other day. Um, so fortunately for me, um, you know, it wasn't exactly intentional, um, but just through referrals, I, I sort of pushed into a direction um, of working with a lot of churches and nonprofits. Um, and I love working with churches. I'm a Christian. Um, I love, you know, serving churches in that way. Um, obviously like anyone else, I have to charge for my time. Um, so, but what I did was I formulated, um, a way for a lot of churches, the mid-sized churches, um, uh, to be able to afford someone they can count on regularly and call on regularly, um, even like a, a weekly basis. Um, and <clears throat> so I, I set up a handful of churches that I work with that way, um, that kind of created a steady income for us and then i take on freelance stuff kind of on top of that um so we have that steady base of income and then i can say yes or no beyond that if you know i want to be you know i want to take on another project or not uh this week so i i would say i would i would push anyone who's you know wanting to take that step um into working remotely into trying to create some sort of regular steady income because in in the design field, uh, you know, it's often feast or famine. Um, and that, you know, comes around seasonally, um, like a lot of businesses. But, you know, <clears throat> I know for, for myself, uh, the summer is often a lot lighter. Um, and then around, you know, school year, basically, like anytime school is in, I'm usually pretty busy. Um, just like a lot of businesses start to pick up around the same times. So, but having some sort of steady income and I would, you know, just sit down, see what your feature set, your skill set is as a designer and say, okay, what businesses could I approach um, to maybe work something with them where I, I have something regular um, with them on a, you know, contract weekly basis uh, kind of deal. So. 
Those are great tips. So back to someone that may be trying to, you know, start their business or, or launch their business in the next phase. What is the difference between a uh, between a graphic designer and and a website designer? How can they determine, wh you know, where to start when it comes to that? How easily does your graphic design convert into a website designer if you don't have someone who's experienced in both. And I'm asking that question because I myself had that exact problem when I started my road trip teacher business. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> there. There definitely are differences. Uh, I mean, there are different elements to, you know, just graphic design in general. There, there are people, uh, designers who, you know, have a specific focus um, on you know, digital media um, or, you know, screen graphics, uh, you know, motion graphics and things like that. Um, there are people who have have a, a different focus toward print graphics. Um, I, I tend to lean more toward you know print graphics uh, and that you know that sort of thing, brochures, flyers, handouts, business cards, you know, um, event graphics, things like that. Um, web web design can be it's a whole world of its own. <laughs> there are definitely um, you know, plenty of people who that's all they really do, and then they will call on a graphic designer if they need a certain graphic, you know, in their their website. It, it depends on um, what style of design a web designer has taken, and I'm not particularly a web designer, so um, I may be speaking way off here, but, um, you know, there are web designers who basically only function in WordPress, and that's really all they do. Um, there are those that completely code from scratch and build from scratch. There are those who build on, you know, certain platforms, Squarespace or other sort of uh, what's called WYSIWYG, which is stands for what you see is what you get platforms. Um, so, you know, if you're if you're more inclined um, and you you want to get into the coding side of things, definitely, you know, web design is is all of that. Um, I, I have stayed away from web design myself because uh, if you're not working in it regularly, uh, it changes a lot. And there's a lot to learn, a lot of code, and, you know, all those things to learn. And uh, I just haven't been able to work in it, in it enough to continually really do web design. And I figured out that it's easier for me uh, to hire people um, to do that. Uh, so when I do have, you know, web projects, uh, I just oversee the project and work with someone else to execute it. Okay, that's that's good. You know, that is an area of concern for business owners, uh, getting those two things straight. So that's uh, some good information. I'd love to hear what you have to say to the next generation. You know, there's a lot of teens on the road, and graphic design uh, for those teens that are artistic is a great fit for um, for a teen to look into as a potential career choice. What information or advice would you share to, to a younger person who's considering this as uh, their career? I, I, oh man, I wasn't ready for that question. Um, <laughs> I, w I mean, I, I definitely think it's a great field for traveling. Uh, you know, you can, there, there are tons of sites and I'm sure there will, you know, become more and more um, sites where you can just go on and create a profile and say, hey, this is what I do, you know, put your a little bit of your portfolio up and say, um, you know, I work for X amount of an hour and people will find you just, just through those sites. Uh, so a lot of times you don't even have to go out and quote unquote sell. Um, 
you know, to, to raise or to uh, grow a, a clientele. Um, but I, I obviously love graphic design. Um, I love the flexibility of it. Um, and I think it's uh, it's an incredible way to go, you know, if you're, you know, really interested in traveling along the way. Um, the, the upside, too, is that, you know, I see a lot more, uh, you know, graphic design um, principles and content um, than a lot of graphic designers um, because I'm, you know, we're moving around. We're different cultures. We're in different um, places all the time. So I see different things applied in different ways. And I pick up little things here and there. I might see a billboard in New Mexico, and it was done this way. And I'm like, oh, I like that little trick that they used right there. Um, and then I may use that, you know, somewhere. So it's kind of grown me as a designer and, and challenged me a little bit. Um, so I, the other great thing about graphic design is that uh, if you're going to create your own business out of it, uh, you can really can be completely self-taught. I don't want to shy anyone away from, you know, going to a, you know, traditional uh, school and getting a degree. Um, but this is definitely a field that if you feel like you can excel in that, um, you can be self-taught uh, or you can get online and just, you know, learn some things through some websites um, and pick up some principles, but do your own research um, and you can do it. I, I'm, I've, I've done it. Um, I, I don't have any traditional schooling um, in graphic design and I've created a, an entire business out of it. Um, so, again, I don't want to shy anyone away from going to school or traditional, you know, college, university, trade school, any of those things either, but uh, it, it definitely can be done. Well, let's expand on that a little bit more then. So, if, so for someone that's kind of starting down that path and that's what they want to do, whether or not they decide to go to traditional school or be self-taught, would you suggest, because uh, I know you said, okay, well, when you start out, if you can find your niche, like, you know, maybe you have a certain amount of churches you can work for or, or something like that, would you suggest someone that wants to create their own independent business um, would kind of maybe farm out or farm themselves out, I guess, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but like, you know, with a, um, an organization like Fiverr or Upwork or something like that and maybe put their efforts into trying to get their name out there and, and you know, get some experience in those projects or do you think that it's more important to kind of stay within your own realm and, and build your own brand independently? I, I think if you if you're looking for practice, quote unquote practice, um, or looking for, you know, ways to build your portfolio um, and challenge yourself a little bit, um, you know, sites like Fiverr, you know, are, are not a horrible way to go. Um, there's another site uh, called 99designs. Um, I think it's just 99designs.com. And you can go on there, sign up as a, as a designer, and, you know, go through. There are tons of people on there who um, submit different project needs. It might be a logo design. It might be, you know, anything. I mean, they might need a flyer, you know, book cover, different things on there. Um, and you can go in there and, you know, say, you know, Joe's Pizza has a logo design contest and it will, it will give you a, a concept. Um, you read through their briefing and, you know, go create a Joe's Pizza logo. Um, and you can submit it and you may win the contest. Um, but if nothing else, it gave you, like I said, some sort of practice and something that you can use in your portfolio to, to show other clients, hey, this is the style of work that, you know, I do and 
um, it, it's, it, it helps with that. Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of uh, fiber um, only because I, I think you get what you pay for. Um, in most cases, as a, you know, if you were going to go to Fiverr and, and get something done, um, you're going to get what you pay for. And usually that is something quick, something with not a lot of thought put into it. Um, but working with a, you know, a designer, um, who can sit down with and have a phone call consultation with you, um, and talk through things and, and give some advice and, and hear, you know, your brand and what your idea is business um I, carries a lot more value and that's why um you know designers are more than just five dollars i'm so glad you brought up fiverr because that's something you and i have talked about a lot and i think that um one of the things i definitely want to leave our listeners with today who are small business owners or bloggers or anyone who needs um to be able to uh, set forth a graphical image that um is linked to their business is that, like you mentioned with Fiverr, you get what you pay for. And I think that sometimes, although it's it's nice and quick and easy, if you need something quick and easy, I think sometimes it really does a disservice to um, to the whole community at large, the businesses that are taking part in that, and the designers um, who are not in Fiverr. Because let's, let's do a ballpark. How much should someone be um, expecting to pay for a logo? And then explain why that is. So, <laughs> logos, uh, depending on the designer, I mean, logos can range anywhere from, you know, a few hundred bucks to, you know, ten to fifteen thousand um, dollars. I've I've been in, you know, marketing meetings um, with companies who gave us a quote for fifteen thousand dollars for a logo design. Um, I thought that was absolutely outrageous, um, and we did not say yes to that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do not I – don't, I don't think that it is outrageous by any means um, for a designer to ask for 300 to $1,000 um, for a logo design. Um, and depending on the, the skill set of the designer, you know um, – a little bit, you know, above that is is not completely unreasonable. Um, it, you know, if you're if you're sitting down and that designer is going to sit down and like I said, go through um, and visit with you about your your company, collect tons of information, um, counsel with you on different uh, ideas, and then present you with two or three concepts. Um, that's not too much to ask, you know, because it it takes a lot of time and research on their end. Um, to 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 gather all that information and come up with something clever and that meets all that litmus test that I kind of mentioned earlier of being you know simple, versatile, you know timeless, all those things um, for your company and something that you know you're going to use time and time again um, as a company. It's important that you know, you've had that opportunity to talk through all of that and represent your brand well um, with that designer and work closely with them to come to come up with a final result um, that's impressive and what and what when you know after you've spent time with the designer and, they, and you design decide on the concept 
what sh what can you expect from them? Like, what are the things that you should make sure that you have in terms of, you know, your logo? Are there certain um, formats that you should have that in? And, um, you know, maybe what's the checklist for when someone hands you back your logo? What What is it that you should expect to receive from them? That's a good question. Um, so some of the, you know, some of the few, like, basics that you should, you know, get once everything is sort of done. Um, well, let me say this. When you first are interviewing with whatever designer, whoever it may be, um, I would ask them this one specific question. What software are you using to create the logo? Um, if they tell you, you know, if they don't say Illustrator or, like, Quirk, Quirk or Corel Draw or something like that, um, and they're not going to give you a real vector file, that's the most important part, a vector file um at the end of it all uh i would i would step and find another designer that is going to give you a real vector file um so without getting too geeky on you there's there's vector files and vector files are basically mathematically based and they can be scaled to any size um and stay crystal clear um up to that size so you've probably experienced this kimberly where you might take your logo and want to stretch it really big and it gets like really what's called pixelated around the edge. Um, and that's because that's a raster image and it's just not made to stretch like that. You're basically, you know, taking something, um, imagine a piece of paper and just trying to stretch it. It's, it's just going to get distorted. Um, so that's the difference in the vector file and a raster file. That's something that you definitely want to make sure that you're getting in the end. Um, then on top of that, you want to get several versions of your logo you want to get that one color uh version what some people call a watermark version um that you can use you know when you need to hand over a file to someone to put your logo on the back of a t-shirt um or your logo maybe you want to use you know something one color for some letterhead or invoicing um things like that um, but then you also want to make sure that you're getting transparent files so png files or tiff files um, to be able uh, to use those things on something that has color. So you want to, you know, say you want to put your logo on a red, you know, flyer. Um, you want to make sure it's not going to be a JPEG file that has the whole white backgrounds and all those things, um, and it's not going to make your your logo is not going to be transparent. Um, aside from that, uh, th you know, those are the the, the main things that you kind of want to make sure you get full color logo, um, the one color logo. Um, and sometimes, depending on the logo style, you might get a grayscale version, um, but primarily the one color and the full color are the two pieces that you definitely want to make sure you get and that you also get the, the vector file um, for down the road. And don't ever let a logo designer tell you, well, I don't want to give you the vector file, um, you know, and the, the reason they might want to do that is because they want you to come back to them. Um, but they may be gone in a year, and you may never see them again, and now you paid, and you don't have that vector file, and you're in a bad place. Good, good tips. Oh, I'm so excited that uh, we have this recorded and that our um, listeners can uh, follow up later on. So let's say uh, that they're completely sold on you, Brandon. How can they get in touch with you? So my email, well, one, we have a website, obviously, um, www.hello, 
hellohealy.com, and Healy is spelled H-E-A-L-E-Y, so www.hellohealy.com. Um, my email is brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, um, at hellohealy.com. Um, you can, if you want to check out our Instagram, um, our Instagram mostly consists of photography. Um, I, I, I usually handle all that and I love my wife's photography. So I end up just posting tons of photography. Um, but it is Instagram.com slash hello Healy. Um, and we have a Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash hello Healy. Um, and, uh, what else? I think that's it. I'm glad to give out my cell number. Um, it's 903-641-2464. Um, welcome to text me, call me. I don't care. Um, just let me know who you are. Um, and yeah, that's us. Well, I just cannot say enough. Um, has done so many graphics for me and, and, uh, I'm not the easiest person to work with because I can't really actually, um, tell people what it is that I want. I just, you know, verbally <laughs> vomit some very poor idea and he has always turned it into a beautiful, beautiful image and I just have been so thrilled and I'm so thrilled that he's part of our community because that helps me to, uh, help him and then he helps, uh, other community members and it's just a, a Great, great asset. So, Brandon, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, I was uh, I was honored when you asked, and uh, I'll be honored any time in the future if you have anything. Well, thanks. We will put all your information in the show notes, and we will see you down the road. Okay. Thanks, Kimberly. Thanks, Good night. Oh, good stuff. I love that. I, I love working with him. He's so easy to work with. For me, and I, I like I just said at the very end of the interview, I, I you know Mary Beth, I'm like ah, I need a logo and it should have red in it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And he just takes that and runs with it. And if you haven't seen the new logo for the upcoming family reunion, I just couldn't be more thrilled with it. The Colonial Times Rally logo that like rivals those shirts from Old Navy. I see those. Um, that logo on those shirts and it just looks gorgeous. And then, um, he also did the logos for, and the whole, he made a whole suite for me for this is our V. He's done our, uh, resource and partner, um, images, just an amazing amount of imagery that he has sent me over the past couple of weeks. And when we were, you know, discussing the nuances of working with a designer, because previously I had been going to Fiverr for a lot of my graphics. We always every new event has to have its own uh graphical image that goes with it and uh I had a designer on Fiverr but uh I wasn't I wasn't having a good experience um with that. First of all, it was nowhere near five dollars. I was, you know, well into uh over a hundred dollars for each graphic already starting at Fiverr and then, you know, you add this and you add that and they nickel and dime you all the way up. And then for the $100 that I was spending, I wasn't really getting quality images that I wanted. So um, so when Brandon came around, um, I think we found him because uh, we reached out for designers to help us work on that resource directory that Sarah's putting together. And uh, he chimed in and we saw some of his work and it was stellar, stellar. So good stuff. You know, interestingly, he mentioned 99 Designs. Do you remember that's where I originally got my original Road Trip Teacher logo from? I don't know if you remember that or not, but I that logo that. Contest. Yes. 
And, and it was kind of a big debacle. I'm not going to go into all of it, but I'll just suffice it to say that even though the idea was really cool and I got a lot of really fun ideas, and but really for me it was too, I mean, you know how I can't have a lot of um, options. I just need like this or that, and that, that's good enough for me. Um, but what ended up happening was that and also another project that I just recently worked on, which was with Upwork, not on 99designs, but with both of those um, both of those sites, what happened with both the people that um, I worked with, and then, like, they were gone. Like, you know, for whatever reason, they were on there, and they'd done projects, and then, you know, they were gone. And so then when I went back to them and tried to get whatever else, then it was like, oh, well, you know, you, there was no information because that person was gone, didn't right. work with that site anymore or whatever. And so I, you know, loved some of the tips that he said, and for sure, you know, finding somebody that you know that's, that's their business and you have that direct contact with them is really important because for both of those things and, you know, most recently the, the state study guides um, that I'm working on, that's what ha happened with that also. I started um, working with Megan Jervis, as you know, um, was working with me on coloring pages and some of the covers and stuff. She's done a wonderful job and she's been great to work with. Um, but the other person I found through Upwork and halfway through the project, she's now gone. And so I've had to kind of regroup to find somebody to pick up her pace. So is something to remember yeah. when you're working on a project. Yeah, that is uh it is hard, you know, without the graphics, uh, my whole project comes to a screaming halt. I can't like actually move forward without the graphics and um you know, we put them on the t-shirts, we put them on the top of the um schedule. It it, it just goes everywhere. Um applications to be an exhibitor or a seminar host and without the graphic it just it just cannot move forward. And I, I just can't even tell you enough how important it is to make sure that you put your best foot forward with your graphic first. That question you asked about, well, what if you don't have the budget right now and you're going to invest later? It is really a catch-22, but uh, it's really important to make that a priority of your investment when you are moving forward with a business venture because uh, you yes, want absolutely. that image to, yeah, to be in line with what absolutely. it is you're trying to accomplish. Because the worst thing that you can do, and I, I mean, I experienced this a little bit because I kind of got off course in the beginning when I had the whole, like I said, with the 99designs thing. But I, um, like, I had to kind of go back and regroup and, like, not really rebrand myself because I wasn't even a brand. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. It was just that, you know, I kind of started on a path, and then it was like, you know, I had to go back to square one and kind of start out, start all over. And, you know, you definitely don't want to go through that if you can help it. And you know, spending the money out out of the gate maybe and or waiting until you have that money before you do any real make any real decisions based on that I think is important because otherwise you're probably going to beat yourself up a little bit and wish that you had maybe taken a step back and looked at the picture a little bit broader before you made the yeah. step forward. Absolutely. Well good stuff. Um I don't know if you've been watching Mary Best, but for the last a uh, week I have been on this, you know how I get nervous, you know how I get. So I looked in my closet, I didn't have anything to wear, and I said, that's it, enough is enough. I am doing a fall wardrobe makeover. And off I ran to Pinterest where I learned about capsule wardrobes, and this is where the me kicked in, that I now needed to change everything into a capsule wardrobe because there's no, there's no middle ground. It's just it's just the way my brain works. So off I ran, and uh, so I'm on, like, day four of my wardrobe makeover. And I have to say I am 
so pleased that I went on this journey uh, through my closet, which is not a big space to journey through. But first of all, I'm looking at my closet right now, and there's oodles and oodles of space. And if you go to full-time families, you can see the four-day transition from day one where it was a complete and utter disaster and all I had to wear was T-shirt and jeans to day four where I'm now incorporating much more style in my life. And ironically, it's just so counterintuitive. I don't understand. I have so much fewer clothing and so many more things to wear. It is mind-boggling. Well, isn't it funny that sometimes you really can't see the forest for the trees or the trees for the forest? I don't know what that saying is, but it's kind of, there's just so much that you forget what you really have. I had to laugh because, you know, I've been watching your daily live videos and I've absolutely loved watching your transition. Um, but I just have to, I had to laugh at the beginning because, like, you know, when you do something, then I'm like, ooh, maybe I should do that. And I went to my closet and I'm like, really, color palettes? Because we all know, if you know me at all, um, like I, you know, is there a day you've ever seen me that I probably don't have on black and white, right? No. <laughs> like hmm. you shop at that black I, and white place. You shop at black. I know, and right? Whitey, right. <laughs> that's what I know, right? I mean, I, that's what I always say. I dress in black and white because I shop at a store called Black and White, whatever it is, and that's just how I am. It's very easy for me. Black and white. No, no, uh, don't have to worry about any decision making because I have. I'm not the best decision maker anyway, so. I don't have to stand around and think about what I'm going to wear. So it's easy. Black and white, it all goes together. Yeah, you know, where I was going wrong is, well, I, I obviously have a quirky style, and I have things, of, you know, I think my style can be summed up with sequins and 80s pop music and, you know, rainbow sherbet. That's like <laughs> my top three favorite things. And so that's how I employ all aspects of my life. And so, um my house was just full of all this different tchotchke stuff that I thought would just be adorable together. Because if I liked it, I must, I must, things I like must go together, but that's not at all true. And the same thing happened in my closet. I like it, so I'll buy it. And what I found was I had, like, dedicated outfits. I had to wear this top with those pants because it's the only thing it went with. And I didn't have any versatility at all. And then I discovered this capsule wardrobe and, went to a site called uh, Putting Me Together, which I absolutely love, and just kind of followed her guidelines for creating um, this combination effect of, a, you know, that mix and match between the top and the bottom. And I, I, I feel the versatility. I, I'm, I'm seriously looking at my closet right now, and there's like maybe 20 things in their tops, and I could make probably 50 outfits out of the 20 things in there. It's incredible. So I really feel like I've got a new lease on this outfit thing. I also talk about in the blog how difficult this is. It is uh, emotionally challenging because it doesn't feel comfortable yet. I feel really comfortable in my T-shirt and jeans, even though I wasn't happy or satisfied with my wardrobe when I was in it. It just felt like it was comfortable to me. And now this feels very, very fussy and dressed up, although I think it looks fantastic. Um, it just... It feels almost forced, but it is it is my goal. So it's uh, it's really a catch twenty two for me to like continue doing this. And I just continue like this morning. I woke up and it was kind of yucky out, and I thought, well, I'll just put on a t shirt and jeans. And I was like, nope, 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 gonna gonna do it, gonna keep doing it. So um, tomorrow I will be back back with my live right around four thirty in the afternoon. Um, I this weekend I ordered a whole bunch of stuff off Amazon. I posted that on fulltimefamilies.com. 
my actual Amazon cart and the things I got. And uh, so I'll be back live talking about those things that came and uh, what I plan to do next. So good, good fun stuff. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see what happens with you this week in your closet. Yes, in my closet. What's going on with you this week? Well, you know, I've had a lot of questions recently um, through our Road School Moms group and also just through my website about, um, you know, how you how is it to teach one of your kiddos to read? Because, you know, I've talked a lot about that over the past year because I had, even though I've been homeschooling my kiddos for, I guess, going on four years, I hadn't, all my, my other three kids had really learned to read, you know, kindergarten or first grade um, in public school. And so when it came time for Tori to read, I was really overwhelmed just by the whole idea that that responsibility um, was kind of on my shoulders. And I've read with interest, um, you know, and you and I have even talked about it, even on the show, because um, I know you have, you know, a struggling reader in your household, and you, UKT is kind of, you know, you don't do it now, but you used to beat yourself up a little bit, like, oh, you know, she's not reading like I think she should be, and this is the benchmark, and, you know, she's not meeting it. And um, and I know there's a couple in our Road School Moms group over the past week over in Facebook that, you know, we're kind of the same way. Oh, I have an eight-year-old, and she's not reading yet, and that's not okay with me. And um, so I thought, well, maybe this is a time for me to share my experience with um, with Tori Learning to Read because we really had great success with it, and it's not any kind of fancy-schmancy program. We didn't buy hooked on phonics or any of those kinds of things. I just uh, kind of adopted a system that a retired teacher in our campground used about a year ago and it's really worked well for us and we've used it over the summer and so this week we're going to try to I'm going to try to break that down we took some video over the weekend and kind of just trying to show you how we started teaching Tori to read and hopefully that'll help some of our other road school moms with that journey because um, for me it's been really easy and it's something that has stuck with Tori and um, you know she's still using it today just a little bit different version of it so that's what we're going to be doing at Road Trip Teacher this week is showing you how we taught our road schooler to read. Oh, I love that. And, yes, uh, that is something that I have in the past beat myself over and uh, just decided that we're just we're just on this path for a reason, so we might as well just keep walking the walk. Uh, I know that um, one of the shows we have upcoming in the following month is um, with Bill Hyde from Audio Adventures, and so I, I want to run our commercial um, uh, to talk about what that is. Hey everyone, Mary Beth here, your road trip teacher, with a quick product review for our road school listeners. If you're looking for great audio the whole family can listen to while on the road, you're going to love this. There's a new audio adventure series available that tells great stories from Christian history, and it's designed to build character, courage, and imagination in your kids. Here's the story. Some of the folks that used to be part of Adventures in Odyssey have created this new series to help families not only enjoy Christian history, but to really go deep into our Christian heritage. The production values are outstanding, and it definitely gets five stars from the Road School Moms crew. It's a great way to turn ordinary drive time into family fun and adventure time. Go to FamilyAudioAdventures.com to learn more. That's FamilyAudioAdventures.com. Be sure to use coupon code ROAD at the shopping cart so you can get it for just half price. That's FamilyAudioAdventures.com. Well, I'm really looking forward to our um, interview with the creator of Audio Adventures, Bill Hyde, in this coming November because um, that is a, it's a fantastic tool uh, for road schoolers and homeschoolers and just families in general. So 
really excited to learn more about the backstory of how that came to be. Yes, me too. And speaking of interviews that we're looking forward to, you know, next Sunday night we're talking to Pam Barnhill, and if you've listened to me over the last couple of months, I keep talking about morning time and how much it's changed my road school, and it really has. And I um, even just like today when I was thinking about, oh, the upcoming week and what we had to do in road school, and the first thing that I want to think about is, is the morning time that I spend with my kids because it's really been the best uh, change that I've made in our road school since the very beginning. Um, and I kind of owe that to the podcast that I listened to from Pam Barnhill. She's not actually the person that maybe uh, created um, Morning Time, but she's definitely a person that has furthered it um, and making it, you know, more popular and more well-known. So I'm looking very forward to talking with her next Sunday night on October 30th, that episode of Road School Moms, when we talk to Pam Barnhill. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, too. In fact, it came up um, this uh, tonight at dinner with a bunch of road school moms, we were talking about um, your magical morning time, and uh, all of us want to know more about it. So I'm really excited for next Sunday night. And uh, that's all I have for me tonight, Maribeth. Okay, well, it's been great to talk with you, and um, you will be right here next Sunday night, like we talked about, 9 p.m. Eastern time, same time and place, right here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And until then, safe travels and God bless. This is Kimberly. And this is Mary Beth, your road school moms, on the road where education meets adventure. Until next time, we wish you safe travels and leave you with our traveler's prayer. Lord, be our guide and protector. Let those I encounter be blessed by my words. Let my hands be filled with your work, and may I be filled with your grace and kind words for others. May I be a light unto those around me on the journey ahead. Amen. Amen. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. If you'd like more information, go to roadschoolmoms.com.